everybody. Welcome to EduMatch. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. So we have a very special episode with an amazing guest. So I'm super excited. We have Brent Coley with us. So welcome, Brent. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. And for anyone listening or watching, I do have a little cold. So I'm talking through cough medicine a little bit, but, but it's going to be good. I mean, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me on. Oh, the pleasure is is all mine, and uh, you're doing great for 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 not feeling so well. And you're definitely a trooper for coming on, uh, you know, not feeling your best. So really appreciate that. Yeah. So so for anybody who is tuning in who does not know Brent, let me tell you all a little bit about him. Brent uh, began his career in education in 1996, teaching fourth and fifth grade for 15 years before transitioning into administration. So he's currently principal of Alta Murrieta Elementary in the Murrieta Valley Unified School District. He's also an instructional technology leader in his district, helping teachers infuse technology into their teaching to support student learning. Now in an administrative role, Brent strives to support teachers to improve their practice and integrate technology into their classrooms to maximize student learning. He connects with the community he serves through his monthly message Message, remind Facebook, Twitter, and school website. He also shares what he has learned through Twitter at Brent Coley and his blog and his podcast, Teaching Tales, which I was just on. So thank you again, Brent, for having me. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that was that was super fun. Um, but we're going to dive into some of your passions, such as sharing with other educators. Um, so definitely excited to have you here. So if you could just please tell everybody about your background and who or what inspired you to go into education. Well, I mean, you did a great job of kind of saying where I where I came from as far as my thank you. That was that was perfect. You pretty much said it all. But I didn't I did not follow the what you hear oftentimes the traditional path of people who say I knew I wanted to be a teacher when like in when I was 7 and I played school growing up and and this is that wasn't me. In the back of my mind it was always like oh, it'd be fun to be a teacher, but I wanted to be a computer programmer. And um, I still wanted to be, I mean, when I went to college, I started down that path. And when people ask, oh, why'd you become a teacher? The short answer is because I couldn't do calculus. That's, that's the short answer because at the junior college that I was going to, I had to take four semesters of calculus. I took the first semester and got a D. I took it over, got a B. It's like, okay. Took the second semester, got another D. And at that point I said to myself, and my parents, we had a good conversation. It's like, I don't have time to take everything twice. And this is only at the JC, not until I transferred to a four-year university. So at that time, I had a great conversation with my mom and dad. And again, teaching was kind of in the back of my mind. And at that point, I made the decision, you know what, I'm going to be a teacher. And um, I was always inspired by those great teachers that we've all had. Uh, we're just like, wow, the passion, the dedication that they had. At the same time, I was thinking about this question before we went live, and it's like, I think part of me was driven a little by the bad teachers that we've all had, unfortunately. Um, I, I vividly remember a freshman math class, like vividly remember where I was sitting in class and, and a student having a question and, and asking the question, and the teacher continued to say the same thing over and over again, which for anyone listening or watching, You've been there. I mean, you, it's like, it's just the teacher's like, he says it more loudly and more slowly, but he's saying the same thing. And I remember it was that I looking back, I would call it naive arrogance because I'm sitting there as a freshman in high school thinking, this is what he needs to say. If he just said, because, because I remember like, this is what would help me get it. 
So it was experiences like that 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 kind of made me think, maybe maybe it would be fun to do this. Again, that naive arrogance of freshmen thinking, oh, I can do it. But it, it wasn't I was thinking I could do a better job. But I remember having those those ideas like, if you just said it this way, if you just drew this picture, if you just did blank, I think that the student would would help. It would help the student get it. So that's kind of what inspired me um, once I got off the calculus train. I hear you. That kind of reminds me of uh, Ferris Bueller, you know, the teacher in <laughs> Bueller, Bueller, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, cool. So um, so what what inspired your your passion for sharing with educators? Um, where, where did that come from? Oh, boy. Um, when I got on, I'm, I'm a, it's one person, Tony Vincent. I don't know. You, you know, Tony Vincent, Tony Vincent, when I've had an opportunity to, to speak at conferences or somebody asked me the question that you just said, the two word answer is Tony Vincent. When I was a fifth grade teacher um, at a classroom website, so this was back in the late 90s when very few people had a classroom website. And I was always going online and looking for examples of how to make it better. And I found Tony Vincent. He had a classroom website. He was a fifth grade teacher in Nebraska at the time. And I remember like seeing his stuff and, and emailing him a few times and him being so gracious and generous with saying, yeah, here, borrow this idea. Oh, you need the resource? Here you go, modify away. And it just reinforced that we are better together. And uh, he's the reason I'm on Twitter. I, I did a Skype call with him in 2000, February 2009. I was on a Skype call with uh, Jennifer Wagner and a couple other ladies. And uh, we were both the guests. And at the end of the show, he said, Brent, are you on Twitter? And I said, no. And like everybody gasped, oh, no. And at that, and I immediately got on another tab and I joined Twitter right then. And it's changed, it's changed my career. And, and I know you and I talked about this when, when you were, when we, when we talked on uh, the Teaching Tales podcast that it, it, there's so much power out there available. And I always round that story out with, I've never met Tony. I, I've, never, I've never been in the same room with him. To my knowledge, I've never been in the same state at the same time with Tony. Yet he's transformed what I did as a classroom teacher. And now that I've moved into an administrative capacity, it's allowed me to share those things that I learned with the teachers at my school. So there's just, there's so much out there. So it's almost a pay it, for, pay it forward movement. There's, there's so much good stuff and everybody, everybody has something to share. Everybody. And, and, and for those people listening, no, not me, not me. Yes, you do. Everybody has something. And uh, there's 7 billion people in the world. And right now, Somebody's on their computer doing a Google search for what you have. Just stop and let that sink in for a second if you're listening or watching to this. Somebody, 7 billion people, wants slash needs what you have. And that, we're not sharing that, whether it's through Twitter, a blog, a website, Pinterest, uh, the staff room. It doesn't matter where as long as we share it. It's, it's, it's professionally selfish not to. So long answer to that question, but that's my, that's my philosophy. Oh, I'm loving that answer. I'm loving that answer. And I 100% agree with everything that you said. And Tony Vincent, he is a class act. So huge shout out to Tony. Um, so yeah, so 
so your your podcast is all about telling stories um, and and sharing. So why? So okay. So if you could tell us a little bit more about your podcast, um, how people can find it, how it got started, things of that nature, uh, would love to hear the story behind that. Absolutely. Um, podcast called is called Teaching Tales, and as you as you said, it's it's stories because I firmly believe everybody has a story. Everybody, just like everybody has something to share, everybody has a story and everybody loves a good story. I've yet to meet a person who doesn't like a good story. And the only thing better than a good story is a story with a message. So the idea behind the podcast was if I could, if I could each episode bring a guest on like you and I, and we swap stories, we share stories and every episode has a theme. So you and I talked about the power of connecting with other educators. Uh, I've had Tony Vincent on. We also talked about connecting with edu other educators. I, um, gosh, I've had, I've had Angela Myers where we talked about finding the value in others, which is, if anyone's listening, I mean, and this is not me, that you've got to listen to that episode. That one was, was earth shatteringly good. Um, the message that she shares about recognizing the value in others and communicating that to them. I've had my dad on. I've had uh, some of my teachers on. I've had a couple of my students on, and we're just just sharing sharing stories. Uh, so I'm always looking for somebody who has a short uh, story that that they think, and it's not just a entertaining story. Don't get me wrong; it's better when it's entertaining, but a story that would resonate or encourage somebody or inspire somebody to to be better at what they do. That's, that's the, that's the goal of the podcast. Um, you can find it's in, it's on my website. Uh, you can get it at brentcoley.com. There's a podcast page. Uh, and then it's in iTunes, uh, Google play, uh, recently added to Spotify. So if that's where you listen, you can get it in there as well. But I'm, I'm having a blast, uh, doing it. Um, just because, as I say frequently at the end of episodes, it's like, well, if nobody listened to this, it doesn't matter because I got something out of it. Or I know my mom and dad are listening, so at least mom and dad will get something out of it. So that's that's the idea behind the podcast, having a good time doing it. Oh, I'm loving that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, so I'm going to kind of flip the script a little bit. Could you tell me about one uh, story that has had a major impact on your professional or um, personal life even? Ab absolutely. Um, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite stories of my experiences that happened in my sixth uh, year of teaching. I was teaching fifth grade in Orange County, and we had an event. This was long before they did uh, Dr. Seuss, Deuce's birthday events, but we called it Literature Appreciation Day, and it was a day totally devoted to celebrating reading and the love of reading. Teachers practiced readers' theater skits and performed them for the kids. Kids came in pajamas. Teachers came in pajamas, pushed the desks to the side, um, and we set up a rotation system so that teachers would go to other classrooms and read to them. So at teaching fifth grade, the schedule showed that I was going to go to a fourth, a different fifth, and a sixth grade class because it was a K-6 school. And I was really excited to go to the sixth grade class because it meant I was going to get to see some of my former students which which was always you see them in the playground and stuff but i was going to get to read to some of my former kids so when it was time to go to that sixth grade student i, I got a little visual aid here I, got, I, I took my water bottle and i had the book that i was going to read 
And I got to the class and they were on the ground sprawled out and I had a stool up front. So I pop on the stool. I've got my book in my left hand and I've got my water bottle on the right hand. And I'm starting to read, holding the book. And then as I would typically do, after a while, I just kind of opened the water bottle, took a drink and screwed the cap back on and kept reading. Now, if you're watching this, you saw what I just did. If you're listening to this, what I did was I was holding the book in my left hand, holding the water bottle in my right hand, and I unscrewed the cap with the same hand, holding the bottle, unscrewing it, taking a drink, and screwing it back on. And as soon as I was done, one of the girls in the front row, who happened to be a former student of mine, threw her head back and just went, oh my gosh, I totally remember that. And I was told, I was like taken aback. I stopped and I was, and I said, Bobby, what do, you, what do you, what do you mean? And she said, whenever you would read to us, you would always do that. You would hold the book in one hand and you would unscrew the cap of the water bottle with one hand, take a drink and screw the cap back on. I always, I would always notice when you did that. Up until that moment, I had never realized myself that I did that. And I walked, I remember like driving home that night, just the weight of what she had said kind of like came crushing down in a, in a potentially in a good way, but also like, oh, geez, they're, they're watching everything that we are doing. And this was a student that I had for two years. I taught her in fourth grade. The following year, I moved up to fifth grade. She stayed in my class, had about nine kids that year who stayed with me. So I taught her for two years. That's 360 days of instruction. Every subject, math, language, art, science, social studies, art, everything, countless lessons. But what she remembered was that I unscrewed a water bottle with one hand. And that has resonated with me. It has stuck with me. Whenever I have the opportunity to talk to other teachers, other educators, administrators, I call that my water bottle moment. And I, and I would say, well, what's your water bottle moment? Because you have one. Because your kids are noticing what you're doing, even if you don't. So we can choose to, A, be like completely freaked out by that. Or B, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to model what we want them to learn. And I'm not even talking about academics, per se, although we want to do that. But maybe it's the fact that you open the door for people, that you say please and thank you, that you have patience for that one kid that none of the other teachers have patience for. Kids get that, they notice stuff like that. And so that's that's what I that's what I challenge people when I when I have an opportunity to talk at conferences is what's your water bottle moment? Because they're watching everything we do. Wow. <laughs> That was powerful and also very cool. I, I need to learn how to, you know, I need to learn how to do that trick. <laughs> yeah, I, I've shown some people and they're like, oh my gosh. And it's like, I didn't realize, but people are like, I can't do that. And it's like, well, I, I, I guess I practiced for six years up until that point and I still do it whenever I, and, but now I think about it. Every time I do it, I think about this story. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that is funny. So she noticed something about you that she, you didn't notice about yourself. That is, that is wild. But yeah, you're so right. They are always, always watching and they pick up on everything. So, um, so definitely, you know, being there to, to, to teach them what we want them to, to, uh, to do in their own life, to integrate in their own life.
Okay. Adults, so I, adults too. Adults too. Yes, absolutely. That is very, very true. Very true. So I have to admit, I did a little bit of snooping in preparing for this interview. So I was digging around on your website and I saw something hashtag edu influence. So could you tell, um, could you tell us a little bit about what that is exactly? I would, I would love to. Thank you for, thank you for snooping. That's, that's awesome. Um, edu influence is, is basically a, it's a hashtag and kind of a, a term that I came up with regarding this, the story that I just shared is an example of that. Edu influences, um, you hear about, you've heard superpowers, that educators are superheroes, and I, I firmly believe that. And edu influence is just kind of the term that I have coined for that difference-making impact that you have, that I have, that the cafeteria worker has, that the instructional aide has, classroom teacher, assistant principal, principal, board member. If you work parents, if you work with kids, you have this edu influence. And what I do is, I, is I've kind of broken it down to uh, different powers. So edu influence is like the overall, but then there's the power of, for example, the story I just shared, that would be a, an example of the power of example that we have. There's the power of belief, that when we have belief in students, what that can do to them, the power of apology when we mess up and own it with them, what kind of difference-making impact that can have on kids. Power of sharing, Tony Vincent, power of relationships, power of conviction, things like that. So I've had, I've been blessed to have an opportunity to, to talk about this at a couple conferences recently and just really, it's telling stories because everybody, like you said, they like, well, you said it, I said it, somebody said it that we love a good story and it's kind of like sharing stories like the water bottle story and then tying it into so what can we do with that how can that make us uh better so so that's kind of i mean it's it's in its infancy as far as a hashtag it's it's something that uh I, i've like i said i've been able to talk about it at a couple of conferences and it's the feedback i've gotten has been good and people have been like oh that's that that was that was good. So, which is what I wanted to hear because I I have that passion for sharing, and I think storytelling is um, one of the most powerful strategies that there is. I mean, I, I I say often that the greatest teacher ever to walk the earth, a guy who could walk on water, taught through stories. <laughs> that frequently taught through stories because people remember stories. They resonate. They can relate. So, so that's the idea behind uh, edu influence. That is super cool. Yes, and the power of a story—it's—it's it's just um, it can't be understated. Um, I remember going through different workshops on how to give keynotes and things like that, and storytelling is always like something that they say. Um, so, for the reasons that you listed, so absolutely. So, what can we expect to see from you in the near future? Well, I, um, I'm, I'm looking to continue the podcast. Uh, once again, always on the lookout. So if there's anybody who's listening or watching and and is like, I have a story to share that I think, contact me. <laughs> contact me on Twitter or, or my website, and I, I would love to reach out for you. Don't, don't feel like it's a arrogant, like, oh, I think I should be a guest on your podcast. Uh-uh. I, I need people to come on because everybody has a story. Don't be shy. Don't be humble. If you think you have a story that resonates, uh, let me know. And um, then just as far as the edu influence, I'm, 
I'm I'm writing. I'm 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 putting pen to page or fingers to keyboard as the case as the case uh, is 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 trying to just write it. Just just take those stories and and getting it down. And uh, I don't know where that's going to go, but um, it's kind of been a bucket list thing to write a book someday. I I always thought it would be fiction, um, but. Again, I, I don't know, and that's that will take care of itself if it's meant to be. If it's not, I'm having a good time writing it, but the goal is to um, share that, that edu-influence message with uh, as many people as possible, just because I, I think that we all have a story. And I mean, you, you've heard it before. You've probably said it before. Oh, you should write a book about all the stories that you had. Yeah. I, so I am <laughs> because because I think I do have a lot of stories and I think everybody has a lot of stories, but I think that and and some of those stories are the highs from my career and some of them are the the worst mistakes that I've ever made because I think people learn just as much, if not more, from um, from those negative experiences. I like uh, I don't know if you've heard John Harper's uh, My Bad uh, podcast, which I love that. So, John, if you're listening love to have you on and to reach out to him but because he has a guest each episode who shares a story from when they blew it when they messed up with students or adults and the lesson that they learned from that and that's that's kind of what we're doing that's kind of what I'm trying to do so in the future I I don't know but right now I'm I'm plugging along with my with my job and trying to grow in that area as much as I can and just doing some writing on the side and we will see where that goes that is awesome. I can't wait till that book comes out. I would definitely be reading it and hopefully one day I'll get an autographed copy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But um, I love what you were saying also about learning about the good and the bad. Um, there was a quote I read one time that said, life is like a photograph you develop from the negatives. And I was just like, ooh. <laughs> so I like that one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and John Harper, he's he's definitely uh I'm gonna be actually seeing him uh in Maryland later on this week at a conference. So that'll be cool. Well, tell him you gave him a shout out. Tell him to say talk to Brent Coley and come on the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> got a bunch of stories to share. Definitely. I would definitely put that plug in. So that is awesome. And it's really been such a pleasure uh, chatting with you today, Brent. So thank you so much for being here. And I know that um, listeners and viewers are going to want to connect with you. So if you could tell us how to connect with you online. Absolutely. Uh, as I talked a little bit, I love Twitter. Twitter. I, I'm on Twitter uh, all the time, uh, learning from others. And if I've got something to share, hopefully sharing that. So it's at Brent Coley. That's B-R-E-N-T-C-O-L-E-Y. Uh, and my website is the same thing, brentcoley.com. Uh, the podcast is on there. My blog is on there, which I don't have as much blogging recently because my writing's kind of been on a different focus, but uh, got some tutorial videos. I love Google, so I got a lot of tutorial videos on there as well. So um, anyway, that's Twitter Twitter and my website, both at brentcoley or brentcoley.com is how you can connect with me. Well, that is awesome. Definitely wanted to thank you again. And thank you to everybody who is tuning in and who will tune in. So we are going to be um, talking robotics at 6 p.m. Eastern. So definitely come back for that um, podcast.edumatch.org. So uh, everybody, oh, forward slash tweet talk. Don't forget that part. Podcast.edumatch.org forward slash tweet talk. So, all right, everybody. So see y'all in an hour and a half. And thank you again, Brent. 
My pleasure, Sarah. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you. Edge match. It's edge match. Edge match. It's edge match. You're an edge match. Edge match. Don't miss edge match.